0: this episode of cast the craze is brought to you by the following sponsors eager raven returns to kickstarter in its first trade paperback collecting issues one through four in one full color volume Eagle Raven, Heir of the First Unicorn, is the story of a unicorn princess exiled into the mortal realm after she is betrayed by her elf prince husband to be, dragons overtake her kingdom, and how she trains to become a knight with the help of an unusual trio of blacksmiths. It's a mature audience telling of the classic hero's journey
1: with a soap opera twist. So check out Eagle Raven, Heir of the First Unicorn, Volume 1 today.
0: Story Comic is a podcast that focuses on the people behind the words. The host, Bonnie Smith, interviews comic creators of all types and their words and tells stories about comics, comics-based stories, and all other forms of prose storytelling. We've been streaming our show online since late 2019, and it's been amazing to see how many people around the world have come to appreciate the value of hearing stories from people who are just as passionate about their work as we are. So if you're a comic creator yourself, or know someone who is, or if you just want to hear about how your favorite book or comic is made, come check us out storycomic.com welcome to cast the craze podcast i'm your host with the most sam the craze man vera george is not going to be on this one he'll be on the next one he's running a little behind but without further ado let's get it show for independence all around giving you a platform to spread your word all over town cast the
2: craze is the place to promote to your fans with the dream of a and sand the crazy man subscribe to our show and never miss an episode it's time to get your match listen to
0: us on the go updated every week we never miss a day join the squad come on in it's time to catch the craze if you are an independent cast the, the craze, craze. making moves on your own cast the on craze on your grind in the craze
2: join the movement catch
0: the craze <laughs> yeah George we did it again come on now you now you want to do it You heard me say it before. Welcome to Cast the Craze Podcast. I'm your host with the most said the crazy man, Vera. And I am flying this ship solo. What's up with that?
2: <laughs> anyway,
0: so we have a very special guest tonight on. We're going to be talking about Frankenstein, the Unconquered. If you haven't seen the logo in the beginning, we have our guest in the waiting room. Um, they, it's killing it. It's killing it right now. 170 backers, uh, 28 days to go. I would say a little, almost I, I, my math might be off, but about 70%, maybe a little more um, to go. So they're killing it. Um, so this is going to be fun. Talk about um, the background, how they got here. The writing is going to be a great show tonight. I want to say thank you to the sponsors, uh, Michael San Martino with tech, the gods, uh, tech, the Gods is a great comic book. If you didn't check it out, go check out what's in the box. I did the, uh, all three issues so far that I featured on what's in the box a really good um there's a cl- character called Cliff who gets on my nerves and uh so you'll hear all about that in in the what's in the box uh thank you to Daphne Lage with ego Raven um she is on her last 40 hours on Kickstarter and she killed it as well she knocked it out the park so she's just riding that way Raven to the sunset so uh, go check out ego Raven the link is in the summary and Barney Smith you know um he is a fellow podcaster and uh a great host. I've been on his show. Uh, very poised. Um, he has that radio voice that uh, I don't have. You know, my voice is just not radio. It's the neighborhood. It's the guy next door to the voice. So, but uh, he has that 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 voice. I mean, like Howard Stern. You know, Howard Stern has that voice. You know, you want to listen to Howard Stern on the radio. Um, you might not agree with some of his opinions, but you want to listen to him. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I'm excited about that. And finally, you know that I launched this nailing in my toilet yesterday on Kickstarter. If you haven't checked it out, the link is in the summary. You're going to be looking for that thumbnail. Check it out. There's Nail in My Toilet, book number three. I Chihuahua. Duty finally gets into a house and meets a, a Chihuahua named Herman who thinks he's a talking jalapeno. Well, what more can you ask for, right? So the rivalry begins there. Then there's Duty's Monsters on Planet Cthulhu. You want to check that out. That's a stretch goal. You want to unlock that. Um, and that you can add on to your basket. We just launched, um, at eight o'clock today will be the first 24 hours. So thank you everybody who joined us last night on the live stream. It was so much fun. And you can see all the duty paraphernalia behind me. You know, that's my boy, you know, he's my ride or die. Uh, duty wants to say hello. I'm sorry. So what's up? You know, that's duty. So, um, yeah, so, uh, that's what we got today. George will be on, on the next episode. Uh, today is Wednesday, tomorrow morning. Join us, uh, for the morning brew. With the crazy crew, 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you're in Texas, that's 8 a.m. Get your cup of coffee. Join us in a live chat. It's always fun to hear from you um, during those live chats. And we talk about everything under the sun. So uh, that show is really just for the audience. And uh, we take your topics and we run with it. So join us tomorrow morning, 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And if you're going to be in the Texas area in October... Meet me in Artist Alley. I'll be at the Dallas Fan Festival from the 14th through the 16th, and then at Cowtown Comic Con on the 22nd and the 23rd. You see me and Duty just riding their our vehicle. We're off into the sunset. So uh, head over, meet us there if you're not if you're going to be there. Um, and uh, I do do commissions, so just DM, DM me uh, if you're going to be there with specific things. I take PayPal. I do all that other stuff. So um, without further ado, I'm going to hit like, since I don't have George here and I'm not going to be carrying this conversation by myself this whole time. I'd rather talk to my guests. I'm going to play this promo, and we're going to bring our guests in, and uh, we're going to get this party started. But um, you want to know about Desneil and My Toilet? Here it is. Welcome to the third installment of my all-ages family-friendly comedy sci-fi series. For months, I've been working tirelessly, putting together not one, not two, but three amazing stories all centered around this one amazing character, Duty, from Disneyland and My Toilet. And I wanted to say thank you to all of the fans who supported us at the conventions and also on the Kickstarter helping to make it so successful. Now we're back with book 3 and as always we have amazing covers and an amazing story where duty finally gets into a house and there are humans involved and a chihuahua named Herman. And just in time for Halloween, I bring you Do These Monsters on Planet Cthulhu. You're not going to want to miss this one. It's one wild ride. But I also have something for the little ones. This is an activity book, a story book filled with adventures. And at the end, your child can write their own story and create their own characters. So thank you for sticking around for the first two issues. And I hope you enjoyed this next series of books that I bring you. Your support, your investment means the world to me. And I can't do it without you have a great day. Enjoy reading.
1: What's up, buddy? Welcome to Game. Hey, (laughs) how's it going? It's going good. How you doing? Doing well. I'm uh, a little, I don't know how I'm going to follow duty there. (laughs) (laughs) that's that's so cool to have like an activity book like i hadn't even thought of that have an all ages book as well i hadn't even thought about an activity book man i'm just green with jealous rage right now like i haven't even started Yeah,
0: duty duty has it all he has he even has his own uh custom sketchbook um, oh man that's cool yeah yeah that's so cool. uh but well, we're not here to talk about duty we're here to talk about frankenstein hell yeah right? and even though duty does dress up as frankenstein we have something in common um but before we do that, let everybody know who I'm talking to and uh, where you where are where you coming from.
1: Uh, yeah, I'm uh, my name's Dalton Shannon. Uh, I'm actually out of Green Bay, Wisconsin. Uh, just moved here like uh, March, something like that yeah from Arkansas. Wow. Uh, so it's it's been a transition but uh, comic writer, horror writer, uh, all sorts of that fun stuff. So anything comics, I've got my toe in there somewhere uh, well, and happy back. to be on the show.
0: That's it. Well, we're happy to have you. Uh, so let's go back before we come forward, right? So sure. um, you know, let's talk about you know, what were your influences as a kid. And what were you into as far as cartoons, gaming, activities?
1: Oh, man, as a kid, I think I absorbed just about anything in front of me. Uh, I, as a young kid, I was very much into uh, Batman, Spider-Man, X-Men. All those cartoons were in their prime when I was growing up. Nice. Uh so I was obsessed with those guys. Uh had all the action figures, watched all the shows, uh had had a stake of Genesis, I think, from my, my dad my dad's Genesis. Um but uh then I discovered comics when I was eight and found out that Batman and Spider Man were also in these cool little things and I, I never looked back. So it was all superheroes, video games, uh, uh i don't know it, it, captain underpants most things that, that uh that parents call uh delinquent media is probably what i was i was into all the that's the the lower a art
0: that's outstanding i yeah. still think that x-men the animated cartoon had the best theme um That it sound, soundtrack that da, 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 da. Oh, man. it's the,
1: it's hard to beat it's i have a i have a soft spot for uh uh for the spider-man opening theme oh yes uh but i it, it's it's tough to beat x-men
0: man oh on sundays um on sundays when they had it on the east coast um when i go to work sunday mm-hmm. mornings i go we we had a, an employee lounge and there was mm-hmm. always a tv in there and i'd get there about an hour early and just to watch spider-man amazing <laughs> Friends, and x-men and, yeah. uh, right before i started my day there was That's no awesome. other way to start the day <laughs> So, uh, you know, so who introduced you to comics?
1: Uh, that was my own damn fault. Um, I, I, I like to say that I was probably the last human being on Earth to pull a comic book off a spinner rack because it was the year 2000. <laughs> wow. Um, eight years old, mom was grocery shopping, and then I saw uh, a Spider-Man cover drawn by John Romita Jr., just super striking. And uh, I was in love with Spider-Man, and I was like, well, I got to see what this is about. And uh, then I was like, "Oh, comics!" And literally nobody else in my family was ever into comics. Uh, well, now they say that my uncle was, but back in the '70s, and like right. he didn't even he didn't <laughs> even tell me he was into comics until he found out I was into comics. So like, there was there was no going back. Uh, and I I mean, which was kind of cool because I got to kind of define my own tastes as a kid. Like usually when somebody introduces you to something, there's the gateway. Um, uh, like if my uncle had introduced me to comics, uh, I would have been huge on Fantastic Four and Iron Man. Uh, but as a kid, I was super into Spider-Man. Now is, uh, now that I've grown up, I'm much more into Fantastic Four, but like, uh, so yeah, I I got to kind of figure out what I liked along the way. And it was, uh, God, comics are cool.
0: Oh, comics are fantastic. My mom introduced me to Archie comics when I was a kid. Oh, I love Archie. That yeah. Was my entry into the and it was uh actually it. I walked into a candy store and I saw a spin rack, yeah. and it nice. was Sergeant Rock, Sergeant Rock, and GI yeah. was, okay, you know, yes. So I that was that was my first. Then I got Spider Man, and then mm-hmm. it, it was a domino effect from that point on. That's um, awesome. you go through phases, right? You know, yeah. I was I was like an X Men buff, then when X Force came out, I was like, oh, I gotta get that, you <laughs> know. Like, <laughs> like, um, uh, so as you're evolving and you're growing um initially what was your goal for yourself before you decided hey i want to try my hand at this
1: at, before i tried my hand at comics specifically or yeah
0: like well, you know in school like was there any like uh, like your parents like they, they gear you towards you need to be a lawyer you need to be a doctor um, you, need to do this. you know so was there a path that you were that you had for yourself before you decided uh, to say i want to do this
1: there's never been a plan b uh Ever since I, ever since that eight year old kid found not only Spider-Man, but he also read the Captain Underpants books, uh, the main characters of that book are two eight year old boys who make their own comics. And as soon as I saw that, I was like, I can do that. I love this stuff. I can do that. And so I started drawing and stapling my own little comics together and, uh, I, I never looked back. There wasn't anything else I was ever like, I could I should probably do something smarter than comics. But I I was I was nothing else sounds as fun to me as comics. So there, are and, and mom and dad, bless them, were super supportive. They were like, Yeah, no, you you go do that. As long as you're fed, like and you can you have a roof over your head, like we go follow that dream, do what you want to do. Uh yeah. and they they've still to this day biggest supporters. It's great. That's outstanding. Outsta- yeah. So
0: um, when did you first realize that you like to draw?
1: Uh, I mean, all kids like drawing. I think um, it—you know—it's it, when you get to that age where people start making fun of your skill set that it kind of beats it out of you. Right. Um, I mean, to this day, I can't draw very well. Uh, that's why I'm a writer. <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> no, I—I've always liked to to draw, and I, I still draw. Um, but it was the—it was probably you know that same eight year old time frame eight to 10 or whatever, where uh, I started to draw with purpose instead of just doodling right. where I was telling stories panel to panel rather than just like a picture of Batman here and there. Um, and that kind of, I don't know, that kind of like you have to plan out each page and each panel and figure out how the motion goes. And and even when you're eight and you're not even thinking about these things consciously, it's still like there and right. it's, it, it's kind of intoxicating each page of a comic book is a puzzle and each uh each comic book has all of those puzzles in between its covers that you have to make as one big puzzle to try and solve the best way to tell the story right and there's so much that goes on panel to panel uh and it's it really is like an addiction like i've got to keep you know those guys who do sudokus every day i'm just just drawing comics every day it's it's a i don't know it, it Yeah, probably about that same time is is when I started really kind of like, I like drawing. But then I got, but when I got to the age where people were making fun of me because I wasn't very skilled, I was like, well, at least I, nobody's making fun of my writing. They're just saying my drawings look like crap. And uh, so then I started to really focus more on the script side of things. Uh, And, you know, I'd still doodle them out every now and again, um, do layouts and things. Uh, But uh, I really, focused on that writing portion. And uh, to my detriment, I, I would probably say, because for so long I was waiting for an artist and then, you know, I go all through college and I was like, oh, I'll, I'll get into comics, I'll be a writer, I'll have it, it'd be great. And uh, it took until, you know, growing up and I was like, oh, nobody wants to draw my stupid stories. <laughs> like I've got to gotta either put up the money or I've got to draw them myself. And right. I was too young to, to realize that. I, so uh, now I'm blessed to be working with some of the best teams in comics, getting to to tell and, and write the stories I've always wanted to tell, and right. uh, it's it's been so much fun. Right, because I mean, you
0: you you touched on my my follow up question was mm-hmm. I know that as a creative, you know, when you hit that fork in the road when you have to make that tough decisions, like mm-hmm. you know what, I know that I can pull off writing, I just can't pull off the art because you're you're basically self-evaluating yourself Mm -hmm. based on the standards and the trend. How difficult was that decision for you knowing that people were making, you know, that they weren't really appealing. Your your art style wasn't some people. Um, So it's going to be critics.
1: Yeah. At the, at the age I pivoted, it wasn't so much a pivot out of like depression or like I'm upset. It was like, Oh, I, I know I'm better at this than I am this portion. Right. So uh, it was just kind of like a natural slide. Okay. Uh, not a whole lot of remorse. Uh, nowadays, I, I it's kind of hard to, to think about because uh, I would love to be able to uh, just be a cartoonist and write and draw comics all the time. Right. Uh, I love collaboration. I love working with teams. Uh, that, that's how some of the best stuff happens. But there are some things where I'm like, this is maybe a bit esoteric, or uh, nobody's going to want to take a chance on this kind of script. I, like, I, I would really want to just do it myself. I would want to have the full control over that story. Right. And because my skills are a bit stunted in that regard, I I, I have to like build from scratch or let them go. Uh, and it's uh, so there, there's a little bit of that that kind of uh, remorse there of having to to pivot and not kind of doing the whole package. Uh, but you know, it, it it can't be remorse if. Uh, you're not happy with where you're at and uh, i i really i really enjoy writing comics it's it's a blast and uh someday hopefully i can get the the art skills to actually be a cartoonist and not just a writer
0: outstanding so yeah. what was the
1: first what was your first script that you wrote oh, shit. First story. <laughs> oh god i was oh god probably something superhero related i probably like I probably did my own Captain Underpants comic book or Spider Man, Batman, that kind of thing. Um, the first stuff that really like took off and led us to here was probably right. about five five years ago or so, because I've been writing scripts for like twenty years now, uh, but but nothing ever became comic books. But right. then uh, about five years ago, uh, I teamed up with my my co writer co creator uh, Wells Thompson. Uh, and we started doing the uh, we started doing little eight page scripts to kind of like writing exercises. And then we started doing our own zines. So nice. uh, we would write them and then I would draw them, we'd print them out and uh, staple them together, take them to conventions. And so we did horror books, all ages. We did sci fi action stuff. That's actually where, you know, where Frank first showed up was in these ash cans. Nice. Uh, and uh, so so that was probably my first like work that I would just present to the world as a book uh, and eventually that got the notice of, uh, our editor, Andrea, uh, who was with Caliber at the time and, uh, was able to actually get us a, uh, an anthology through Caliber Descent into Dread, where a nice. lot of those ash cans got a cool, uh, facelift, Frank included, uh, where people who could actually draw drew them, <laughs> uh, and, uh, I know it, it allowed us to really connect with a lot of really talented people, a lot of talented artists and led to, to Mechaton, and and now the Frankenstein ongoing, um. But yeah, it really started with the with the ash cans, more or less. You know, outside of like all of the, the comics you make as a kid. Right. Yeah. Right. That's fantastic. So, what kind of research um,
0: did you have to do to understand how to write for comics? Did you do any?
1: Um, I mean, I I I love craft. I love the study the pe- people who are like experts in their field, just talking about craft uh so as, as a kid i was just kind of going blind brute force it um i mean there isn't like a way to write comics like it, it's all so nebulous and, and and honestly it changes artist to artist sometimes uh but i you know I, I found a template that i liked and that i'm actually still using today um but a, a lot of the learning came from uh reading uh Looking at not only comic books but like film scripts, um, talking to college was a big help as well because uh, I, I went to I minored in film, so I talked to a lot of film students, and we had to write film scripts for it. And, and you know the pacing uh, within a film script uh, isn't one to one for comics, but it's it's good practice. Uh, and reading like Scott McCloud books, I devoured all of his works. Um, anything and anything by um Mark Evanier about Jack Kirby like that stuff was really helpful too that's when I've discovered the Marvel method and I was like what is that uh, so it's it's all just it's a lot of reading figuring out how comics lay out or maybe even deconstructing a comic you own like you take a, a worn old copy of spider-man that you've got and then you write a script about that comic book panel by panel trying to figure out how it how it uh, is built, uh, at least on a, a cellular level like that. Uh, so it's a lot of reading and uh, just a lot of practicing, really. It's, it, comics are, are weird because there's not like a, a book on how to write comic books because writing comic books is like writing anything else. You just have to, you know, th- there might be a bit more uh, direction going on here and there like and especially if you have uh, an artist that you trust and you guys are like simpatico like you don't even need a full script sometimes it it really is just a there's not like an industry standard and i think that's what's great about writing for comics is that it's really the best way you can find to present the information it's like anything else it's telling a story right so talk about that first
0: meetup with um your partner um how did you meet
1: well Uh, Wells, uh, we met in college uh, through my uh, my wife actually. Uh, they they were friends in college, uh, and she introduced us, and we were like, okay, yeah, you're cool, whatever. <laughs> but uh, he was he's an English major, and I was a writing major, and so we ended up in a lot of classes together, uh, especially creative writing classes. And uh, in a lot of the what's great about those classes is you get to roundtable. Right. stuff uh, and it became pretty apparent pretty quick that uh, his energy and my energy weren't the same but they were on a level the rest of the class wasn't really on right like, there were some very talented people in those classes but uh, and then there was something uh, I was surprised got in the door but uh, like I have a lot of like manic over the top kind of goofy energy. And he's got a very like down to earth kind of uh, sad boy lit energy. And <laughs> and uh, the heaviness of his work kind of drew my attention and the, the comedic work on mine drew his. And uh, we, we stayed in touch. And eventually after college, uh, he was kind of trying to get his novel published. Like it wasn't really working out. I was still trying to do comics, wasn't really working out. So I was like, hey, take a look at some of these scripts that I've been writing. Like, what what, what do you think? I'm stuck on a place. I can't figure out how to make the script work. And he took a look at it. He took a crack at it and fixed it. And I was like, oh, this is great. You want to do comics? And he was like, what do I have to lose? And I was like, everything. There you go. (laughs) and uh i i tricked him into to working on working with me on comic books and uh it has been quite a ride uh it, he would uh probably agree but with some some reservations but it's been fun
0: right so why frankenstein what brought you to frankenstein's doorstep
1: yeah frank is uh a favorite of mine uh i grew up watching the universal horror monster movies uh karloff's Frankenstein, uh, Bela Lugosi's Dracula, Lon Chaney's Wolfman. Um, I love that old universal horror stuff. Uh, As a kid, I really kind of gravitated towards Wolfman and Creature from the Black Lagoon. They're just like aesthetically really cool. Uh, But as I got older, I, uh, and I started watching the films more like, I guess a critic or maybe more of a film fan. I started to really appreciate, uh, Frankenstein, especially Karloff's interpretation of the character. Uh, Frankenstein and Bride of Frankenstein are art on a way that the rest of that catalog really isn't, right. maybe outside of the first Dracula. Uh, and to watch Karloff portray the creature in like this really sympathetic way, this almost like a a child, it was was fascinating. So that I it was kind of a spark where I was really interested in the monster. And then you go read the original novel, and it's nothing like the film. It, the, the monster is, is much more, uh, <clears throat> much more gruff, much more toxic, uh, much more violent, uh, and the goth, it, way more gothic in a way than even that film was somehow. Uh, and that kind of splinters into different interpretations, like the Hammer films, and then you get like all the uh, the kids stuff with Frankenstein. Like, I like to say that Frankenstein is kind of like the Batman of those of that slate of monsters because you can make Alvin and the Chipmunks meet Frankenstein, or you can make Frankenstein and the Unconquered, and it all still feels like Frankenstein. It doesn't right. feel like in it, like with Batman, you can do Batman '66 or you can do The Dark Knight, and it still feels like Batman. It doesn't feel like you're doing something wrong. It still feels like the character, and the, right. that malleability really uh, appeals to me as a writer because I mean, heck, Conan meets Frankenstein is like. That light bulb of an idea, and you're like, Well, yeah, that's why not? I, I couldn't do Dracula as a barbarian, that would feel weird, but Frankenstein that works and it's badass and it's cool. And uh, I don't know that the undead angle, too, like, dude, Frankenstein's just so cool,
0: right? I mean, I mean, so you guys landed on it. Were there any um discussion on the approach when you when you said, Hey, this is the project we want to go with? What was that like? That first initial conversation? Because
1: you're a fan of Fankers, <clears throat> he as well. Uh, he, not as much. Uh, he he has come to. He's come around. <laughs> uh, he's uh, yeah. I mean, because everyone like knows the Universal monsters on like at least uh, a surface level. Right. They they get it, uh, but I don't know if he had ever like really dug into the material and so when i mentioned i wanted to uh, the original idea was like cosmic frankenstein like frankenstein zooming around space with a like a sword and a ray gun fighting cosmic bullshit or something uh but then the 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 sword stuck around and i was like oh conan like he looks like conan sometimes that's cool i want to do that uh and so the when i brought the idea to wells i mean the first thing was oh yeah we're doing that like that's that's too metal to not do uh because i the first thing was those eight page ash cans and i wrote it like uh like one of those old roy thomas conan the barbarian comics from the 70s mixed with like uh kind of like a cosmic grant morrison vibe Mm -hmm. uh and it just that that tone just kind of clicked and solidified uh and wells was able to like grasp onto that and really uh dig into it because outside of Wells is really good at this where I'm really cool at making great images and uh cool like high concept stuff he's really good at like digging into the meat of that and finding out what the actual story there is right. so he was able to see uh Frankenstein as this rage fueled barbarian figure and being like oh yeah maybe there's some stuff in the original novel that didn't get explored to its fullest extent maybe maybe frank is maybe Frank isn't always the victim he thinks he is. Uh, and we were able to kind of go deeper than just big guy with sword killing monsters. Uh, and we've been able to play off of that really well. And uh, I don't know, the initial pitch was uh, it was an, it's an easy sell. You just got to say Frank meets Conan the barbarian and it, it, people, people are like, here's the money go for it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. so walk us through the premise of i mean you're very successful
0: this is your fifth camp you've had five campaigns successfully mm-hmm. um launched on Kickstarter um and it's our most
1: successful so far no yes. doubt
0: huh yes i know and uh i mean i think the last this is issue number two correct yeah yeah we're, so issue we're number
1: doing... one i mean you you had you killed it oh yeah issue one was our best campaign until this one. <laughs> uh, yeah yes, <laughs> no, Frank- as, as
0: we've been talking
1: i watched you go from 168 to 172 backers yes um, oh we're almost crazy. at that 4k mark man yes yeah, you see, may yeah. get funded in 72 hours that would be a first that would be awesome yeah so is, is a cool bookmark
0: <laughs> there you go so walk us through the
1: premise of of, of frankenstein the unconquered yeah so uh 500 years after the end of uh shelley's original novel Uh, you know, at the end of the novel, Frank goes into the ice expecting to die, Uh, but he he pulls a Captain America and uh, thaws from the ice 500 years in the future where uh, the earth is a bombed out wasteland full of mutants and monsters. And uh, it's really a chance for him to kind of like start over. Like everyone's just as disfigured and, and awful as he is. So maybe he can finally find peace, but he very quickly learns that that is not the case uh, whether that's his fault or not is something that we we explore. Right. Uh, but uh, so Frank starts to cut a, a swath of destruction across across the world. Like he kills monsters, he cracks continents, he pisses off all the wrong people, and eventually they shoot him up into space and exile him. But uh, a dude doesn't take it lying down and kills the stars to come back to Earth and seek revenge. So this entire first arc is his revenge quest on those who exiled him to, to space. Uh, right. And it's bloody, it's metal, and uh, it, it's Frank with a sword. What more do you want?
0: Outstanding. I'm going to play <laughs> a trailer. Uh, oh also. yeah, and our,
1: we'll our great trailer. It. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Lies are as abundant as sand Arid wasteland, Eyes and secrets long bed. The eternal dunes coerce and manipulate all who step into this land. They offer a warm bed, a long to drink, a lovers embrace, but the sky burns, the air dances before the eyes, and when the sweat can no longer dry, Hideous truth begins to miss. Once that truth is seen in the harsh light of the desert lands, there can be no more hiding from it. Exposed, there are only two options. To internalize that truth and leave the sand stronger than before. Or to to under the weight of it. And let the sands consume. Desert is nothing but the eternal lies of its savage sands. There are those who carry truth.
1: That's uh, beautiful. That's fantastic. Who, who did the narration? Uh, that was actually Wells. Oh, nice. Yeah. Wells has uh he's got the face for radio, as we like to say. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's fantastic. And I loved, I love the emotion that's captured
1: with the illustrations. Who's the artist? Uh, that is Mary Landro. Uh, she is, uh, she's a sweetheart. You wouldn't know it from the art. She's a sweetheart. <laughs> she's uh, I think she's like a 24, 25, uh, Canadian artist. We actually met her when we were working on uh, the Descent into Dread anthology, actually. Nice. Uh, she drew one of our, our stories for us in the anthology. Uh, not Frank, actually. She, she did some sort of like low-key apocalypse sci-fi story. Uh, but we loved her art so much. It's so moody and heavy. Like That, yeah. that crosshatch, those shadows, it's, it's dense. And uh, we're like, th- we can't do Frankenstein if we don't have Mary. And uh she's been super on board. She she's always so excited, or at least she seems excited, because she's like, I never get to draw this kind of stuff. So this is great.
2: That's uh, fantastic. Man,
1: and and it wouldn't be the same without Dahlia Maha's uh colors. Like that. I was
0: about to ask who's the colorist, yes.
1: Oh, she is she like there's a part of me that really wants to do a Frankenstein The Uncolored, where we have like an artist edition black and white of Mary's inks. Right. But then we wouldn't have Dahlia's colors, and I don't think I can do it without those colors. Like she's, she strikes this great almost, ditone balance in a lot of things where yes. it may not always, be realistic. But like this book is not about realism; it's about metal, <laughs> and uh, her colors just pop, and it's a saturation, but not like. A day glow kind of saturation. How is that vintage Conan feel? A little bit like if we were printing on pulp. If we were printing on those old that old paper, like it would be right at home there too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean it's beautifully, beautifully done. Um Mm. that's yeah, fantastic. Um yeah, the page layout, I mean the drama, the emotion, the lighting. Um and
1: uh, Nathan Kemp makes our our words look really great on the page too. He's a fantastic letterer that we've worked with many times. he he brings uh, those narrative captions to life really well.
0: Nice. And how did you find him?
1: Uh, Nathan, we uh, Twitter just like most people. We just we meet him on Twitter or, or Instagram, uh, and we actually worked with Nathan initially on our All Ages book, Mechaton. Uh, but when we decided to do Frank, we we're like, hey, you want to you want to take a stab at it? And it's a completely different lettering style than than Mechaton is. Uh, it's. It, it fits the art. It's heavier. It's denser. Right. Uh, it's it's got weight. And uh, this team, I we're spoiled rotten with this team. <laughs> All
0: right. So what are what are you offering on this campaign? What are people able to get on this
1: campaign? Yeah. So uh, we we've got quite a few options. I mean, we of course we have. I've got it pulled up on my screen too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've got the digital copies uh, right. that you can get for uh, about five bucks. Uh, We also have a digital catch-up, so if you missed issue number one, you can easily get caught up. Uh, We still have that in our early bird special, so for the first 72 hours of the campaign, uh, most tiers are 20% off. So you can get issue one and two digitally for uh, just seven bucks. Uh, We've also got uh, the physicals, of course, and a physical catch-up tier, uh, both of which are still uh, in the early bird. Uh, and then we have the uh, Not Safe for Work variant cover. It's actually our first from an uh, incredibly talented artist named Flops. It uh, has a great, like, 40s pinup style. Yeah. Uh, this is actually his first uh, Not Safe for Work cover, if you believe it. Uh, and we're, we're so happy to, to be trying it because it's our first, too. Like, we were a little hesitant about doing it because uh, a lot of the Not Safe for Work covers can feel a little uh, exploitative. Right. But uh, it, we felt it really kind of fit the world of Frank uh, a little better than other series. So we decided to kind of dip our toes in and uh, it's been really popular. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that's, that,
1: that's the trend right now. Yeah, yeah, that's yes. what we, we noticed. <laughs> Duty uh, can't pull it off. Yeah. <laughs> 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 we, we've, we've discussed doing doing more of the, the covers for subsequent issues and uh, trying to kind of experiment with it so it's not all just like, tits right. and ass all the time
2: right right
1: um and then we have a collector's tier where you can get all three of our awesome covers so not only the flops cover but you can get kaylin smith's cover which is kind of like archified uh where we have frank and uh, our other main character larry who's right. introduced in this issue who is the wolf man uh with the great little shadow puppet in the back there uh and then heather vaughn's main cover which heather's covers if you guys have seen the the cover for issue number one uh, somehow she topped herself with number two. Uh, and, uh, it, the, that kind of abstract pulp fiction uh, paperback cover vibe she's got, I love it. It's, right. And you can grab all of those on the collector's tier uh, for a smooth thirty. Uh, we've also got a foil cover. We we do uh, we do that for all of our campaigns. It's extra shiny uh, for all of for all you guys who like shiny covers. Uh, that we we use a really cool printing uh, that actually makes the interiors a lot more glossier, too. So, like, not only does the cover, but the the pages inside pop as well. Uh, That's a really fun uh, foil cover, especially when you hold it in your hands. Like, it's something special. Um, We have an everything tier where you can get everything listed above plus some. Uh, We we have a print that Flops drew for our last campaign with The Bride and Frankenstein, uh, as well as... uh, a tabletop RPG that we used for the last campaign as well, set in the Frankenstein universe. You can grab uh, stickers, uh, annotated scripts, uh, signed comment, like all sorts of cool stuff. Um, If you're interested in a a back page ad for your own books, we offer some ad space in the back for that as well. That's a tier. Um, You can grab a commission from Mary, which why wouldn't you want a commission from Mary? That's a beautiful piece. Oh, it's so great. Yeah. Uh, She's she actually uh, works with Todd McFarlane on some Spawn stuff, so that that's just a small sample, yeah. And then we have uh, our adopt a page tier, which uh, we don't see people doing at all, honestly. Um, In the age of digital comics, there's not a lot of original art anymore. Right. Uh, So to kind of help with that, since Mary works digitally, uh, we thought we would introduce the adopt a page, where for the price of the art. You're essentially that page is yours, so you'll have recognition in the book saying that this page was adopted by you, and then you'll get uh, a one of a kind eleven by seventeen print of that page sent to you. Uh, so it's it's not the 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 hard art of uh, years past, but it is still a one of a kind piece that is that is yours uh, yeah. from the book itself, and uh, it's a first come first serve. So so make sure you grab uh, the page you like the most. <laughs> nice. Yeah. that's fantastic so yeah we, we've been ex- we've been trying to experiment with the uh, the reward tiers and the add-ons trying to make it uh, as affordable as possible uh, especially with our, our last campaign uh, with mechaton uh, we, we kind of ran into a, a few roadblocks uh, we kind of poor timing uh, economy was taking a, a pretty big hit at the time we were doing the campaign so people weren't as uh, they weren't as willing to to part with their their cash for, for the books, which is understandable. I wouldn't want you to anyway, but, uh, we, we, so we thought maybe we could lower some prices, allow people to come in and get what they want and kind of be a part of the whole campaign, uh, rather than just like expecting someone to, to shill out 500 bucks for something like, I I, I would rather you be able to get what you want on the campaign rather than just like dangle something in front of you that you could never have.
0: Right. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I just want to shout out Wally Drawers. There's OMG, male gaze comics. So, uh, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so we, we're we at that stage. I mean, and again, you got another backer as we're, we're, we're talking. Hell yeah. um, so you're like, what? Uh, you're almost there. Um, yeah, we're getting there. Yeah, you're getting <laughs> there. So um, we're at the stage where I'm going to give you the screen, deliver your oh. elevator pitch. Um, and uh, why, if there's anybody who doesn't know about you or Frankenstein, the Unconquered, Um, why should they back it and then where can they find you on social media so go for it
1: yeah uh so it's it's frankenstein meets conan the barbarian i don't know if there's a greater elevator pitch i don't know if i could do anything else to to pitch it but uh it's it's frankenstein's monster in a bombed out apocalypse with a sword killing monsters and uh getting revenge on those who have, have wronged him it's it's not just uh it's not just a male gaze comic. It's uh, it has all of those elements in it, but uh, it's also a book about uh, masculinity and what that means to someone like Frankenstein. It's about revenge and uh, victimhood and all of these things that can be twisted if uh, not if you don't ever grow up, essentially. Uh, and it's, it's also just a really cool book where a monster swings swords and fights werewolves and mummies and, and vampires and dragons. It, it, everything you love about... If it belongs on a Megadeth album cover, it belongs in this book. Like it, It's over the top. It's metal as hell. It has a heart in the undead machine of Frankenstein somewhere. And uh, it's on Kickstarter right now. Uh, issue one and issue two. So if you missed the first campaign, don't worry. Come on in; it's got the water's fine. Uh, <clears throat> so you can find that on Kickstarter. You can find uh, me on any social media that matters at Dalton K. Shannon, uh, and you can find Wells on Twitter at Wells Thomp, T H O M P, where we're gonna where we are shilling the crap out of the Kickstarter right now. Um, and yeah, yeah, we also have a Ko-fi page uh, at Wells Thompson on Ko-fi where you can buy. Uh, Any issues you've missed, so not only do we have Frankenstein, but we have our all-ages book, Mechaton, uh, which is very anime-inspired. Brother and sister find a glove that turns anything it punches into a giant robot that they use to fight uh, giant monsters. So they punch a hot dog cart, becomes a robot. Punch a house, punch a car, you get the the idea. Uh, We also have our Descent into Dread book uh, available there as well. Uh, And yeah, that's that's all the the internet links. Uh, I I hope you come by and check out Frankenstein because we have a, a lot of fun making it, and uh, so far people have said they've had a lot of fun reading it. We'll we'll see. <laughs> Let's hope the the pattern continues because this time we get the Wolfman and the Bride in this issue, uh, so it's not just Frank being Frank like it was in the first issue. Uh, so yeah, there's there's a lot to there's a lot of cool stuff coming out, a lot of unique ways to mutilate monsters, and uh, I hope you guys will join us.
0: Outstanding, outstanding, brother. I mean, uh, outside of me watching rowhouse House, you're the first Dalton I met. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I get that.
1: I get that a lot. Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I had to say it. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, you're welcome back anytime. Congratulations Absolutely. on the success of your campaign. Um, you got you, you guys. You know what you're doing. You're a smart uh, group of guys, and uh, your you, your plan is working. And you've built mm-hmm. a successful machine. And uh, keep it going. And uh, I can't. The, the star is yours, brother. Well, hey, thank you so much. I love being on. It was great. You got it. Anytime. Man. I'll talk to you guys soon. Say yeah. Peace. All right. So that was uh, our guest. And again, it's Frankenstein, the Unconquered, on Kickstarter right now. Go check it out. The link is in the chat. The link is also in the summary. Thank you, uh, Wells Thompson. Thank you, uh, Dalton. Thank you, everybody, uh, for watching tonight. Thank you, Wally. Thank you for anybody who's, whoever's giving us thumbs up on Facebook. Thank you so much. Uh, we appreciate every single one of you. I'll be back in 15 minutes with another guest. We have Dismay Comics coming up and George will be on that one. And uh, don't forget the Mitola is also on Kickstarter right now. And uh, I'm going to leave you with another promo for duty. And uh, with that said, I'm Sam the Crazy member. I appreciate every single one of you. Uh, you guys have a great day. Welcome to There's Alien in My Toilet, book number three on Kickstarter. I am so excited about this right here, this custom sketchbook. I worked really hard to bring something that's unique for each creator in your child. And this is part of a starter kit. And if you pick up this starter kit, only 20 available, every first page of the starter kit will have a custom sketch by me plus a personalized letter for your child by duty encouraging them to continue to draw and create new worlds I can't wait to see what they create I hope to see you on Kickstarter have fun have a great day no about my know, friend Say my name, say
2: my name. This is what you were thinking. Oh. Are (way) you describing? He said I'm the. What? You're listening to catch the craze. You're listening to catch the craze. You're listening to catch the craze. You are listening to catch the craze. This is craze. You're listening to catch the craze. craze.